SEC fans, welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. My name is Conor O'Gara, Senior National Columnist for SDS. I'm excited to be joined by a very, very special guest today. He was a two-time All-American linebacker at Oklahoma back in the mid-80s. He was the guy you probably love to hate. He was one of the greatest players and greatest personalities in college football history. He is Brian Bosworth, a.k.a. The Boz. Brian, how are you doing today? I don't know why, why you hate. No, no, hey, it's all love here, brother. Hey, all love. Hey, I, I like that. There's probably a lot of people. It should be all love. It's the SEC. It's the SEC playing at the SEC for the national championship. That's, you know, that's that's a good point. It is an all-SEC national championship. Brian is in Atlanta. Uh, he's joining us today on behalf of uh, Panini America, which is the exclusive trading par- trading card partner of Alabama, Georgia, those SEC teams, Oklahoma and Clemson, as well as more than 200 other schools. Brian is in Atlanta for the college football uh, playoff national championship where he'll be signing autographs for the fans at the Panini booth at Playoff Fan Central on Sunday and signing cards on Facebook Live through the Panini America page. Brian, you said in the 30 for 30 that you were going to come off as a, as a psychological mess in the documentary. I will do my best to make sure that you don't come off as a psychological mess here today. Uh, let's let's talk... Let's let's talk national championship because we'll we'll start with the team that you were probably rooting against last week, watching Georgia win that thriller against your Sooners. What impression did you get from watching the dogs? Um, that I wish we were where they are. Um, just the physicality that they show. Uh, I think our I think our offense is matched up well and, and balanced. Um, you know, they had two running backs. We've in the, in the in the past have had two um, great running backs and Mixon and some some AJ, you know, last couple of years and very successful with it. Uh, Rodney Anderson did a great job when he got hurt. Sermon came in, did a great job. O line did a great job. You know, there was some you know some breakdowns at the O line uh, the second half that um, you know I think spelled some trouble for for Baker to you know to to buy extra time. But Georgia did a great job of keeping Baker inside the pocket and not allowing him to extend the plays. I think that was a big difference maker. Uh, but ultimately, I think the, the, the biggest difference maker was our inability to, you know, to tackle, wrap up, and um, keep Georgia from, from having so many long uh, touchdown runs. Uh, some of them with God just wasn't even touched. Um, and you just can't get to that next level, the championship game level, giving up big plays on the ground um, like that for four quarters, um, you got to be able to play more balanced um, offensively, play more dominant, and uh, be able to stop your opponent uh, and keep them from scoring 50, 50 points. I mean, you shouldn't have to score fifty points to win a you know a championship game. It should you should be able to to balance that out, and we just weren't able to do that. And Georgia was a more physical team through the four quarters. All the hype was about that Georgia defense coming into the game against the matchup against the Oklahoma offense, of course. Did you come away from that game thinking that Georgia's defense was the real deal, or did Baker kind of show that there were some cracks in the foundation with Georgia? Well, I, I think that uh, Georgia came in with the expectation they'd be able to um, get us out of our rhythm, and I think that first half, you know, Baker and, and Lincoln and the offensive linemen and uh, just the running back, I think that you know, being able to run the ball early in the downs um, allowed Baker to to make some plays downfield, and it kept Georgia kind of on their heels in that first half. And I think the, the you know the 
the adjustments that that Coach Smart made in in the locker room at halftime certainly was evident when he came out in the second half, and you saw how they they made those adjustments uh, and they were able to get some pressure on Baker and they got Baker's eyes coming from looking downfield to looking at the pass rush and not seeing those those lanes that were usually available for, for him to run and keep the play and extend the play longer, kind of closed them down. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that, that went into it. I mean, that last uh, last kick right before the end of the half, I think that was a you know a huge uh, turning point going into halftime. Where Oklahoma had all the momentum and it gave uh, Georgia uh, a shot in the arm of adrenaline. Um, and then uh, they were able to come out and shut us down that first drive and that third quarter. They just dominated. It just you, you could see the ebb flow in the in the other direction. Uh, and it took some time to get it back going in Oklahoma's direction, but you could just feel in that second half that Georgia made the made the adjustments. Um, they played smart football, uh, and uh, you know they just um, they just finished the game. And in order to finish the game, you you, you have to be able to do that uh, and rely on your defense. And um, they did that, and you know they made the big plays when the, the plays needed to be made. And that I was in. The fourth quarter in, in overtime, Block, blocking of that uh, that field goal was huge. Um, uh, just you know, the third down, there's a couple of third down questionable calls that I scratched scratch my head at. Um, but, you know, those things happen on the field um, because a coach sees something uh, and thinks that he can take advantage of a mismatch or whatever. But, you know, just you could tell that uh, Georgia had uh, – you know, had made those adjustments in the second half, and by making those adjustments in the second half, uh, it, that third quarter allowed them to uh, gain the momentum they needed to get back in the game uh, and then get back on top and eventually win the game. There are probably a lot of people in Norman who watched um, Baker's, let's call it bravado, and thought to themselves, I remember another Oklahoma star who had a larger-than-life reputation. Who had more swagger, you or Baker? Uh, I don't know, um, you know, swagger, confidence. Um, you know, I, I know Baker has a tremendous amount of confidence in one, his ability, but I think that comes from his, um, confidence in those that are around him. Um, he believes in the coaches. He believes in the scheme that they're running. And when you, when you believe those things are there to support you, um, you're able to reach down and lift that God gift up a little bit more than you expected that you could. And he was able to do some remarkable things in, during his career. And I was equally as blessed as well. Um, I, mean, I was surrounded by great talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, we had a completely different scheme, uh, you know, back in those days on the offensive side of the ball, very physical. Uh, but we relied on, on defense to win games back in those days. And it's it, just a different style. I mean, uh, the coaches, uh, the way that they coached us, um, the expectations that the coaches had for us to be perfect, uh, to play, to play um, with perfection in mind, uh, no false steps. I mean, it really we broke it down, down in distance. You know, uh, what are, what do they do? What's their tendencies? Um, you know, what do they come out in different formations? What do they like to do in those formations? Uh, so it was a really uh, a, a deeper understanding of 
of breaking down your position. Uh, I don't see that as much anymore because the game has changed and it's just an on-the-fly type of a, an approach. Um, you know, but you know, when I was playing, you know, I, I played with just raw, sheer emotion. Um, and on defense, you can get away with that. Uh, Baker played with that same raw, intense emotion, but at the same time, Baker also had to be very cerebral because he's a quarterback and he has to be able to control the offensive uh, tempo. He's got to maintain control of the rock. He's got to distribute that rock in the right places. So I, I just take my hat off to what he was able to accomplish in the three years as a walk-on, and he ended up walking out for the Heisman Trophy and probably one of the best quarterbacks we've ever had at Oklahoma. This matchup on Monday night features two elite defenses. You saw one of them allow 48 points in the Rose Bowl. The other let up six in the Sugar Bowl. Who has the better unit and who has the advantage on Monday night? Well, there's certainly two different offenses. I mean, Oklahoma's offense and, and Alabama's offense are completely different offenses. Alabama's going to come at you. They're going to they're, they're going to let you know they're going to come at you and they're going to be physical when they do it. Um, they do have some big play ability. Uh, but they want to control the ball. They want to control the line of scrimmage. Um, I don't see, you know, you know, this thing being, you know, a 50 to 40 type shootout. I think it's a much closer game, and I think it's a more defensive control game. I think it's a ball control game. I think it's a field position control game. Um, you know, it could come down to, you know, simple, um, you know, turnover ratio. Um, uh, it could come down to you know kicking game, uh, you know mistakes, um, bad punt, bad uh, bad kick, block kick. Uh, but the, both teams are so evenly matched, it's really hard to to pick a team uh, that's more dominant over the other one. But if you line them up player to player, uh, you just have to give the edge to Alabama because they've one been there and they've done that time and time again. I think they this is number four for them. Um, and Georgia has not been there. So, it's you know, the spectacle of big lights, you know, certainly is going to play a little bit in the, you know, in the minds of the young kids that have not played on that big, big stage um, Alabama has. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just, I like, uh, I like the fact that, um, you know, Nick has been there. He's done it. He's proven it. Um, he's played against the odds ever since the loss uh, to, to Auburn. Um, and uh, with that, with that month of uh, recovery time, you've seen the great players that Alabama have come back and uh, get back in the mix, and you see how you saw how dominant they were against the Clemson team that, quite frankly, everybody thought was the most talented, athletically talented team on both sides of the ball, um, and they just dismantled them. So I just don't see Georgia being able to stand toe-to-toe for four quarters and come out on top unless Alabama does something to themselves to lose the game. All right, I'll get you out on this one final question. You've been so gracious with your time, Brian. We really appreciate it. Do you have a final score for for Monday night? I know you're you're, you're leaning Alabama based on that explanation. Do you have a, a final score for this game? Yeah, I think it comes down, you know, to the full prep and have four quarters of football. Again, unless you get uh, you know some turnovers where you, know, you get some defensive returns that uh, causes Georgia to get behind or Alabama to get behind one way or another. But I, I think it's probably a 27 to 24 game. Um, I, I don't see it, you know, getting stretched to 10 points. I think it's a one-score game, and I think it's an exciting game all the way to the end. 
Awesome stuff, Brian. We, we really appreciate you joining the Saturday Down South podcast. I know you would have liked to have had a rooting interest in the national championship, but I hope you still get to enjoy what's sure to be an awesome night of Smash Mouth football. Oh, I just love college football, period. So I'm going to enjoy it no matter what. And at the end of the day, I'm going get to get, get to see some, some physical play on both sides of the ball um, and get to really deservingly the two best teams score off against each other in Atlanta. Amen. Can't argue with that. A big thank you to our guest, Brian Bosworth. A big thank you to you for tuning in to the Saturday Down South podcast ahead of the All-SEC National Championship on Monday night. For myself and the entire SDS team, here's hoping your 2018 starts off as well as it did for the SEC. 